everybody. You are listening to the Fiscal Feminist Podcast, where we will be tackling real financial issues so women can eliminate fear and take charge of their lives. I am your host, Kimberly Davis, and I am the Fiscal Feminist. So let's get to it. Life doesn't have to be this grind. I'm not saying you don't have to exert effort. Of course, you have to put effort in and take action. But when you tap into the energy side of this, you are involved in the creative process. Everything that we see is created twice and ideas are energy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fiscal Feminist Podcast. I am really intrigued with today's topic because don't want you to think we're going into the twilight zone or anything, but this is going to be For me, a very enlightening conversation because it's all about energy. You heard me. It's not about money. It's not about finance. It's about energy. And it's about how we can harness our energy to manifest goals and things that we want in life and and how it plays a role in our life. So it's, you know, it's a very interesting topic because everything in life, in my opinion, is about energy. I mean, that's energy is why we're here. We are we are energy. And I have a repeat guest today, Stephanie Hessler. We did a podcast earlier a few months ago and we were talking she's a uh, Stephanie's a high performance coach. She has many followers. She has an amazing private Facebook group which I was very honored to be a part of and uh, do a little speaking to. She really helps high achieving leaders advance their careers rapidly. So she's very much a person who helps you achieve your goals, and uh, she's a change agent and all of those good things that we need in our lives to get us going and to get focused. So welcome, Stephanie, for your second podcast, of which there are, I'm hopefully we're going to do many more together. Oh, I hope so, too. It's great to be back with you, Kimberly. I've really been looking forward to this. Yeah, so the last time when we did the podcast, we were talking about, you know, ambition, goals, how to get ourselves to where we need to be, all these tactical things that we need to do in the real world to try to move our ball down the field to where we want to go. And then after the podcast, you and I start talking and you were telling me that you've been thinking a lot and researching a lot about energy. And I was intrigued by this because I am a believer in this kind of force field that I think is there. And I feel energy sometimes and I don't, you know, like that makes me do things and I'm not sure why or how I even got there. So I really wanted to delve into this because I'm 100% sure I'm not the only person that thinks this. So let's just start with everything is energy, I believe, and I think you believe that too. So what the heck does that really mean? Because right now people are probably saying, okay, what are these two ladies talking about? That's right. Yeah. So at the most foundational level of life and even of universal intelligence, everything is energy. And here in our three-dimensional world, we think in terms of matter, right? We have our three-dimensional world. We see things. We have physical bodies. But actually, everything that is matter is actually Energy. Energy and matter are interchangeable. We learn that in science through Einstein, for example, right? Right. And you had just mentioned a a minute ago that you believe you are energy, you know? And if you think about each one of us as human beings, there are three sides to us. 
We're body, the physical side that, you know, the densest part of us. We're mind, intellect. And then there's an essence, a spirit. And my personal belief is that that is actually the biggest part of you. But because we don't physically see it, most people are often disconnected from it. But what you were saying with you feel, you have this intuition about energy, and yes, you are energy. So I'm, because I'm a very intuitive person, Mm -hmm. and usually it works out in my favor. Sometimes it doesn't, but I would say that, is that an energy force field too? Like how does intuition and energy, because I believe all of those things are kind of wrapped up in some weird way. And when I get a feeling about something, I guess what we would call our gut feeling. Yes. Does that play into this energy concept in some way? Yes, I absolutely believe so. And, you know, if you think about it, intuition is something that it's one of our higher faculties. We all have intuition and it is an energy and you get a feeling. So feeling brings us right back to energy because as human beings, we are, we, we are, um, masses of molecules vibrating at very high high rates. And feeling is a word that we invented that describes the vibration that we're in. We don't go around saying, hey, how are you vibrating today? Yeah. But your feeling, just very simply stated, your feelings are putting out an energetic signature into the energy field. And it's a communication system, including with ourselves. So intuition, we often understand intuition. There are different ways we understand intuition, but one of them is through feeling. Yes. And I do want to get to how we get people out there right now who are kind of like, okay, this all sounds a little airy-fairy. You know, I want some concrete evidence But before I ask you that, because it's on my mind right now, Mm -hmm. so I often think about, okay, I have this intuition and I have, I I have this kind of feeling, this energy, this Mm -hmm. kind of a whirling around me and I'm getting vibes from it. But then I often then step back and think, okay, I've got to somehow put my rational being into this as well so that I don't just do everything on intuition because that might be irresponsible. But sometimes I wonder if that isn't detrimental to myself because my own reasoning might talk me out of something that could ultimately be in my benefit. But do those two, how do we, and we may, I may be jumping the gun on this, but how do, how do we balance, you know, our rational with our energy and our spirit side? And they may not be always at odds, but if they are at odds, Yes. Yeah, that is such a great question. And, you know, intuition is is rather mysterious if you think about it. I mean, how amazing that we have this ability to get insights, right, to get information about our, ourselves. But what happens then is, yes, that logical, rational mind will often interfere. That's what happens to most people. That That used to happen to me. So it's a little bit of a dance, though, learning to trust your intuition and really paying attention to what is truly intuition versus what's my mental programming that's maybe wishful thinking. Wishful thinking, right? Right. Exactly. And so my experience is that, you know, with maturity, that we come to trust ourselves 
I know when I was younger, I made some mistakes on intuition and, and misinterpreted it as intuition when it was really more on, along the lines of wishful thinking, right? But my understanding is that intuition is that information that comes from deep inside of you. In fact, I believe that intuition is, is literally channeled through us through the greater higher intelligence, right? And that you've got to just learn to listen to it and then be discerning, right? Just because it comes doesn't mean you might jump and do something right away. Be discerning about it, but be really careful that your logical, habitual, mental programming doesn't block it off. Right, and I think a lot of people don't believe in this kind of energy field or this kind of spirit that we all have, however you want to define that. And they they live very much in the analytical, what I see is what I get. There's, there's nothing else there to kind of guide me. I am with you. I believe there's like a bigger energy field out there in the universe that is kind of channeling all this stuff into all of our individual beings. And we all kind of respond to it in different ways, but I do believe it's out there. I a hundred percent. So you and I are completely on the same page about this, which is why I really wanted to do this podcast. Ignorance is not bliss. As women burying our heads in the sand when it comes to our money has dire consequences, but yet so many of us have employed this detrimental strategy. After over two decades of experience, I've discovered that women face a twofold crisis of competence and confidence regarding how they approach and handle finances. It's time to close that gap. I wrote The Fiscal Feminist, a financial wake up call for women, to teach women how to take charge of their money and control their financial destinies. This book will help you achieve financial literacy, establish the right tools and rules for managing your money and relationships, and to plan for your future. It's time to gain and maintain financial wellness on your own terms. Head to FiscalFeminist.com to order your copy today. Right now, I just, before anybody else Mm -hmm. says, okay, you know, this all sounds like kind of, you know, complete nonsense, or Mm -hmm. how do we... Where's the concrete proof of this? How do we get past that? How, how do we get those people out there who are really analytical? The facts are the facts. There's nothing else out there that's going to really, like there's none of this airy-fairy energy floating around out there that's going to influence us. How do we dispel that notion from them? Yeah. Well, the thing is that we're not taught to think in terms of these sort of fundamental principles, right? So when people hear a conversation like this, they might draw that conclusion. This just sounds too airy-fairy. But here's the interesting thing. You know, Kimberly, you and I are connected through a frequency. And it was totally random, right? (laughs) We we were on... Yes. I mean, I've seen... um, It was on LinkedIn, but we didn't have to connect. I mean, we didn't have to get into a conversation. I get yeah. a million people that reach out to me on LinkedIn that I never exactly. talk to. Oh, so energetically, you and I, I believe, had an attractive force in place that got us on a call together, right? But then being even more concrete, today, you and I are in a call. It happens to be through the Microsoft company with Teams and the company who hosts your podcast. But you and I are connected on Teams through a frequency, 
we have, you know, I had to type in a particular code that represents an exact frequency. If I hadn't typed in that code, I wouldn't have tuned into you, right? That right. frequency is exact. This, um, this morning, I got a phone call from one of my brothers on, on WhatsApp. He's in Switzerland. Doesn't matter that he's across the Atlantic. It's instant. It's a frequency. So we don't question frequencies that we use in communications. But what we don't stop to think about, for example, our thinking. Thinking is a frequency. It's potent energy. It's subtle, just like the Zoom connection. We don't see it, but it is potent energy. Our thinking is potent energy. And honestly, that makes, I mean, to me, that makes sense intellectually because when you have a problem and you first have to approach the problem, you have to think about how you're going to solve for the problem. And so it may not happen immediately. It may be, you know, ongoing thinking that evolves. And that is the energy in your brain or, you know, that's funneling through you to try to problem solve something. That's how we get through life. I mean, I've had situations and, uh, you know, this, I don't know if this falls into intuition or maybe it was wishful thinking, but I think it was intuition because it was more good than bad in the end. But, you know, when I first saw my first husband, when I was 25 years old, I had no idea who this guy was. He is walking through the door in a event that I was at and we were both lawyers at the time at this event. And I turned to the woman next to me and I said, do you know who that guy is? It just walked through the door and she told me his name. And I was like, I'm going to marry him. And she <laughs> said, but you don't even know him. And I'm like, I know, but I just know I'm going to marry him. And weirdly, we met by happenstance two days later somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And from there, we went on to be married 24 years and then we got divorced. But we had three amazing kids. So it was, I would say probably a good thing. But I mean, there were a lot of people there. So my intuition somehow, or that energy, or his energy that was way across the room. So I actually do believe in this. I don't, I don't think I'm a psychic or anything. I just think sometimes people connect and, or events in your life or things that you're trying to do connect in a way that is dictated by your energy fields. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, can we prove it? Like, you know, is it this pen? I don't know, because the pen is a pen and it's tangible. But I actually think that you're onto something here. So tell me about the law of vibration Mm -hmm. and how that fits into all of this. Yeah, so just like when we started, we said everything is energy, right? It's a foundational probably the most foundational universal principle is that everything is is energy. Well, similarly, law of vibration is a natural law. Everything vibrates, nothing rests. We live in an ocean of motion. So even though we don't, you know, if we were to look through microscopes, we would see, you know, and we would see particles and moving at high speeds of vibration. We just have this illusion that it's static because it's subtle. We don't see it at that level. So we all are are in our individual energy fields. And obviously, at least for me, because I'm always trying to 
optimize everything in my life so that I can squeeze as much out of it as I possibly can and accomplish as much as I can and experience as much as I can. So how can you shift your energy or your vibration so that you can consciously help yourself to improve your life in a way that you want to through this kind of amorphous energy vibration aspect that we're talking about here? How can we actually use that? How Teach us how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when I work with my clients, I actually guide them through a process that over time show, teaches them to do that. And the reason I say over time is because for most people, this concept is really hard to grasp in the beginning. And even if you understand it intellectually at an intellectual level, the doing part of it, the really internalizing it is, is, is the opportunity. That's the opportunity for the shift. So number one is that you've got to just build the awareness, right? Start to right. open yourself up to realizing that life is more than what I see in my three-dimensional reality. So step number two, and we talked about this, this um, last time we spoke, is it can help, like as I guide my clients through this, it's really important to get clear about the direction you want to go in, okay? And the reason for this, so your goals, your vision moving forward. And the reason for this is because as you start moving forward towards your goals, towards what it is that you really want, you're going to start to hit some of those roadblocks, And those tend to originate in our thinking, in our beliefs, in what I call our subconscious mental programming. And this goes right back to thinking and beliefs, to your mind. Your mind is the activity of your brain. And your thinking and your feelings and your actions together are a composite that set up an energetic frequency. You are always in an attitude. We don't, you know, we don't ever not have an attitude. We are always in an attitude, right? But what this process does is it helps people to reflect back on, okay, what is my energetic frequency? Is it high enough vibration that it's actually moving me towards what I want, where I can actually energize through energy impact matter or is it so low frequency that it's going to also affect matter but it's going to keep me where I don't want to be so let me ask you because as you were talking I was thinking about a couple of things so I'm personalizing it because I can only relate to it as myself but so I think of myself as an optimist yes um and so there's the glass half full the glass half empty And I don't know if that's an energy thing or how that all translates, but I tend to always think that there's a way, you know, there's a way forward. But then there's the side of me that's more conservative where I'm like, okay, where does optimism and stupidity meet on the graph where I'm, you know, I'm being overly optimistic. So when you're talking about low energy frequency, does that translate into like a conservative bent on not being too like being risk averse or 
What does like a low energy frequency mean? Is, does it mean that you're a pessimist? Does it mean that you're like, I'm confused a little bit by what yeah. that would translate into as far as how we make our decisions? Yeah. So low frequency emotions, right? Because remember, feeling represents vibration, right? It's a, uh, it's a frequency. So low frequency emotions are like depression, resentment, jealousy, anger, disappointment, despair. You know, optimism is, optimism is not as high as faith, joy, love, but hey, it's moving up the, the, the scale of emotions. So, <laughs> right. I'll take it. Because you have to remember that because it's a frequency, whatever your predominant vibration is, is what you're going to attract back to you. So if you're in that rehashing the disappointments, rehashing the resentments, I mean, I think these emotions can serve us as long as we don't dwell in them, right? It's when we dwell in these emotions that we're just going to keep attracting more of what we don't want back to ourselves. I 100% agree with that. So you're saying that when we're in that space, and I was very bitter after my divorce for years. I mean, I thought of myself as a victim, Mm -hmm. and it prevented me from going to the next level, which I ultimately got to because I was with a therapist who said, stop thinking of yourself as a victim. You've been doing this for years. Get over it, girl. And just, you know, it happened. Get over the bitterness. There's not, it's, there's not much you can do except learn a few things from it and move on and just go be your badass self. And I tried to do that. It was a little rocky around their edges, but we got there in the end. But so if you are depressed and you are envious or you're resentful, Obviously, that is going to cause you not to want to do much because you're very focused internally on those things. And that causes you to have this low energy field. And so it's this kind of self-fulfilling devolution. How can people break out of that? Like, what can they do to, I mean, obviously there's therapy and all those things, but what are you recommending to people? Because sometimes people are stuck in that mode for a very long time. Right, right. Well, I do feel that it helps to have an experience guide with this for the simple reason that our habitual programming, which includes, like in my case, if I look back, I had a low-grade depression from about the age of 16 until about 10 years ago. And I didn't even really realize it. Now I can, now it's so, so, so very clear to me. But what happened was I followed exactly the same process where you start with awareness, you get clarity about what it is that you want, and then you start moving, taking action towards what it is that you want. And as you take action, you're going to hit some of those walls. That's our mental programming that keeps us stuck, that has us from moving forward. In my particular case, as I kept this process and learning and studying, so I want to emphasize that studying personal growth, studying these principles is really important because we're not taught this information. And what happens then is that your awareness expands. So what happened to me, Kimberly, was as I was going through this process myself, and I realized my own habitual thinking and beliefs we're making me depressed. I totally get that. 
right? And I had, you know, psychiatrists who had said to me, you'll have to be on medication for the rest of your life. And I'm not, you know, I mean, certainly it can be helpful. In my particular case, I realized, oh my gosh, this might have a genetic component, but I have to help myself. And so I learned day by day by day by day. I mean, it's a real commitment, right? And I'll tell you, now I am happier and healthier and more focused and dedicated. And the last 10 years have been the most exhilarating years of my life. So we don't have to be, you know, chained in by the old stuff, the old programming. We can change. We can learn to shift our vibration. I know because I did it. So you had you had this habitual kind of thinking, right? Yep. That was holding you back in the sense that it was simmering below making you feel depressed because whatever that thinking was 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 negative in some way. Was that do you think that that thinking that you were suffering from was something that you were environmentally conditioned to from childhood or experiences that you had, or is it genetic or is it some combination of the two? Because yeah. I think I, I think we all might have a bit of that. And then I want to do, I do want to talk about faith, but I mm-hmm. sometimes think about myself. I know there's a darker side to me mm-hmm. where it's, where I can go into that negativity space and nothing seems quite right, or I'm going to be able to do all this stuff. And I, and I know that that's probably from kind of conditional childhood situations. My father's a very worrisome person. He's always worried and pessimistic and all that stuff and more fear oriented. And that seeps into my thinking, I think. So did you look back and say, okay, here are the things that happened in my childhood or whatever that made me feel this kind of thinking. And now I'm going to unwind that somehow. Did yeah. you need to figure out the source of that? You know, because I was in therapy for a while, I did figure out the source of it. But what I know now is that the source of it doesn't really matter. You just have to decide that you want to change. And it's that making that decision and then being willing to reflect back to yourself every single day. You have to be so vigilant with yourself. And this is what I call the journey of personal mastery where we, particularly tapping into that higher side of us, that side of us that is pure consciousness, energy, you know, tapping into that side of us, we can be an observer of our mental patterns and our behavior. And so daily observing ourselves and finessing, refining, tweaking where we've got to keep working on shifting our thinking, our beliefs, and our behavior. So, you know, like, I think a lot of us, too, this business of, like, kind of a Mm self-audit, our Mm -hmm. energy self-audit, is we get up every morning, and I don't know about you, and I'm like, oh, my God, I've got, like, 15 phone calls, five Zoom meetings, and I got to go do something else. And I don't, I am, my children always laugh and say, you're not a very self-introspective person. I'm like, yeah, I just don't have time. But actually, that's a cop-out. So mm-hmm. we should be auditing our energy and where the energy is going. And I think, I honestly, if you guys are out there like rolling your eyes right now, shame on you because I really believe this is something that is so intrinsic 
to how we get through this world and this life. Because if we actually, if I actually get up every day and say, okay, what is, because some days I wake up and I'm not in a good mood. I have no idea why, but it is what it is. But then I need to go through my self-audit to try to re- align my energy sources, right? To get the most out of this day because it can go either way. It's up to me really how that day goes, right? Yes. I love that word self-audit. If you don't mind, I might have to borrow it for my- Please do. (laughs) I'm a big believer in the audit, whether it's financial or in my brain. So there's a lot to go on up there. But I do think that we get so lost in this world of tangible, material, things. And there's so many things going on in the world right now that are, for lack of a better word, disruptive to happiness, that we can lose sight of our own, that energy can seep into our energy. And if you watch the news all day, and that's where you're focusing, and you're hearing about wars and financial problems and death, that's going to really, I'm not saying you know, don't watch the news, but you have to worry about your own internal energy and how you can be a positive force to yourself and to others. I do want to ask you a question because you did mention faith and joy. And I always think it's wonderful when people say, you know, my work brings me joy. It's a Mm -hmm. joyful experience. I hope that for everybody in their work, I know it's not possible maybe for everybody and there are different stages of the kinds of jobs that we have. There are jobs that we might need at one stage for making money. There are things that are careers and there are things that are calling and that calling, so that just depends on where we are in our life. But how does faith and joy, and faith, like when you say faith, what does that mean? Does it mean faith in in God, in a higher being, in energy, in the universe? What do you mean by faith? Yes. Yeah. That's a great question because faith is a word that we usually associate with religion, right? And and nothing wrong with us, so, you know, if that, if that serve, serves you. But where I'm taking it is that same principle and really applying it to that belief, that deep knowing and trusting the process of life, learning also to trust ourselves. Because part of this journey and the one that I guide my clients on is that we've got to surrender to some degree. You know, we tend to think that we have to be in charge, especially people who are super analytical, right? That we have to be in charge. We have to um, be on top of every detail. And, And that's fine, but that's exhausting. And when you tap into faith, what you're doing is you're tapping into these universal principles of working with energy to create, okay? To manifest what you're looking for. Life doesn't have to be this grind. I'm not saying you don't have to exert effort. Of course, you have to put effort in and take action. But when you tap into the energy side of this, you are involved in the creative process. Everything that we see is created twice. And ideas are energy. Ideas are pure energy, right? And And absolutely, you want to be taking action out in the world, but with faith, that deep knowing. So one of the things I also teach my clients is that we have universal principles. There are universal principles in life. We've talked about two of them. Everything is energy and we have law of vibration. So I know 
that if I'm really conscious about vibration, and I'm, to use your beautiful phrase, if I'm doing that self-audit daily, and I have tapped into faith, I know that what I want is absolutely going to happen. Because things happen by law. And we have this misconception that things are random and happen by accident. Right, But we're tapping into these concepts that are constant, always working. Is this kind of the idea, because I believe exactly in what you say. And, you know, again, when I hit my lowest point after five years of not sleeping, completely living in fear, you know, running out of money and not knowing how I was going to change it all around, I one night at 3 a.m. said, I'm so tired of worrying and not sleeping and being in fear. It's just, I'm exhausted from it. I can't stand it anymore. So I just threw my hands up and thought, you know what? I'm going to leave it to the universe now. I am not even going to worry about it. If I have to go move in, keep downsizing and just, you know, literally have to ride a bicycle because I can't afford a car, so be it. I'm just going to let the universe put opportunities in front of me and I'm going to try and navigate those to see if I can get out of this mess in some way. But this fear is like, it's just dogging me and dragging me down. I can't, I don't think I smiled for five years. I was just always contorted and upset and concerned and worried. And I didn't have faith. I thought it was a fait accompli, that this was going to be my life forever until somehow I snapped out of it and just literally threw up my arms and said, and and in my case, I was just like, okay, God, universe, whoever's listening to me, I give up now. Mm -hmm. I'm going with it. Love it. You know, that was just my defining moment because I just got really tired of not sleeping and being upset. But when people say you make your own luck, yeah, I'm thinking about this as you're saying, look, if you are tapping into your energy and you are aware of the things that are going to deplete that energy because of this habitual thinking or habitual way of looking at circumstances, you can make your own luck because... There And that might mean there are random things that happen to you that you can convert, but because you're on the lookout for it and you have faith that those kind of things can happen, those are the things that could game change your life. But how does that, is that kind of where you're like, it's really up to us to, to look for those things. Yes. Yes. And that you're, you've uh, explained it better than, than even I could explain it. And you are a great example of someone who did some of the things that are important here. Number one, you, you developed that faith. You started to develop that faith. But number two was you also surrendered, right? Yes. Part, you know, if you think about it, you know, we are part of this intelligence. I mean, how amazing is it that we have this solar system. We have life on planet Earth. I, was, I know. It's amazing, right? It's like, it, it blows my mind sometimes yeah. when I think about it. Right. I mean, so we are part of this, an intelligence, this intelligent, you know, we, we, we have digestive system. We have circulatory system. Apparently, we take something like 2,000s of gallons of water a day, right? There's an intelligence that's operating through each one of us, and we are part of a larger intelligence. And this intelligence, you know, 
created this amazing universe. And, and I'm not trying to get religious or overly spiritual. And it's mysterious, right? It yeah. is we don't know. But what we're doing is we're using that same type of thinking, I guess you could say, because each of us is almost like a ray of sunlight. If that sun is the intelligence, just using an analogy, each one of us human beings is a ray of that infinite intelligence. There is that, that ability to tap into greater intelligence in each of us. We can be creators. We, not just we can be creators, we, we are. Right? And that faith helps with that creation process because we're trusting that if we take care of what we've got to take care of, which is have the awareness, get clear about what, what we want to do, the direction that we want to go in, start taking action and trust more the process of life as opposed to that analytical mind. Well, how exactly is this going to happen? You know, lay out the 15 steps. And I'm not against plans. I'm totally in favor of plans. But because we're working with this intelligence, the intelligence actually knows better than we do. And often when opportunity comes, it can come in the most unexpected way. Right? That is so true. And that's where surrender is so important, because if we're in this tight, contracted, controlling, forceful, grinding away, we may not see the opportunity. Now, I, I think this is such brilliant advice because opportunities come in all shapes and sizes. Trust me, I am no stranger to this. And I mean, how I even got my job at Morgan Stanley totally was, uh, if I had had my eyes open and wasn't like open to pursuing all kinds of things outside just my general way of going about things, it would have never happened. And it literally changed my life. So as people who are listening to this, maybe or may not be concerned with growing their wealth or thinking about money, you know, because money is a very big part of our life. And we've talked about this before you and I, and obviously, even when we're choosing our careers, but money itself is intrinsic to life, right? We have to have money to live, pay our rent, eat, make sure we have health insurance, or at least can pay for health expenses. How are money and wealth related to energy? Because I've been thinking a lot about this lately. I've been listening to some things here and there that have prompted me to think about it. But, you know, some people work really, really hard. They really do. And they just, they do okay, but they never really make enough money. But they're, it's not because they're lazy. They're working extremely hard. Other people work hard and then somehow maybe they don't even work that hard, but they seem to have great success in some ways. And some people in and some people will say, well, it's a combination of luck and working hard. And so money to me is so elusive because so many people, especially now with, you know, inflation and higher prices, and although inflation is coming down, prices are for many people who just have, you know, are just doing their regular job, making their money. It's a little bit mind boggling sometimes just to buy something and you're like, oh my God, how do we relate this to money and wealth? And and how the fact is, is that sometimes hard work in itself is just not, it's not linear to great success sometimes. It's a convoluted question, and I'm not even sure what right. I'm asking, but I'm going to throw it out at you. And you can tell, you can take whatever part of that you want and answer. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I get what you're asking. And, you know, the thing is that money itself is an idea, right? 
And um, I mean, we tend to, uh, you know, well, in today's world, we're using bills, you know, dollar bills, hundred dollar bills. I mean, cryptocurrency is the ultimate type of exchange that is an idea. Totally. And, and especially anything that's transferred through a, a, a wiring system is a frequency, right? But money, the idea of money itself is, is a concept. And it's actually, you know, what we use in our, in our current world, who knows what it will be, you know, 300 years from now. You go back to the barter system, which exactly. might not be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. But what it is, it's, it represents value, right? Money represents value. When I'm working with my clients, I guide them through a process that I call prosperity mindset. Because money is an idea, whatever are our dominant thoughts and beliefs about money and wealth, they're usually tied back with self-worth, as well, is exactly what we're going to experience in life. And, you know, one of the things is that we often don't realize that we have this shadow thinking going on that is really, really tied into scarcity. And just to give you an example, let's say that you're at a restaurant and the bill comes up and it says, you know how it gives you those little areas, you're going to do a 15%, 18 right, 20%, right, 22%. Exactly, yeah. And often, you know, a lot of people in that moment, they go into like, oh, you know, I'm not leaving a 20% tip. Well, the 20% tip might be, who knows, 20 bucks, whatever, right? The, the It's not the amount that matters, it's whatever thinking you're going into. So what I what I say to people is that catch yourself because that gives you a good idea about your deepest beliefs. And they're so subtle that we're not even aware that they're happening. But it's in that kind of self-auditing moment when you're maybe handing your credit card over at a cashier or you're sitting down to, to make that, that tip. And it's, you know, it's how you're thinking about it. It doesn't matter if you leave $20 or $15. Are you coming from a place of scarcity thinking or right. abundance thinking? Because it's that thinking, again, that's going to impact your results. It impacts the energy field. And if you want more money, which most people do, you have to really go back and check what is your habitual thinking, including those subtle thoughts that are deep in those crevices of our mind. And often if somebody grew up with a parent who was continually saying, we can't afford that, we can't afford that, right? And maybe those are the facts that you can't afford it. But then change your thinking to, well, it's not a wise expenditure right now. Yeah, I, I love, I think that I'm going to steal that from you. Not a wise expenditure right now. Because I agree with you. And I've seen this with my own clients in my wealth management business, many of whom are ultra high net worth people. I mean, I consider anything over $50 million an ultra high net worth person. And in my world, this is not an uncommon 
kind of human to encounter. But I have people in that world who will worry about running out of money, who are reluctant to pay for parking. You know, you have 50 million bucks and you don't want to pay $3 to pay for parking. So this is a scarcity mindset that is so deeply rooted that it doesn't really matter how much money you have. And it is limiting because it makes you small in your generosity, in your heart, in the way you approach things. So I agree. We're not saying you it, go buy something you can't afford. We're saying reframe it. Why, you know, right now at this moment, it may not be a wise expenditure, but if if I do X, Y, and Z, or a few things, you know, if I keep my mind open to what I could create, it may be a perfectly acceptable expenditure in a couple of years or in a month or two or four, I don't know. And I come from a family, not so much my mom, but again, my father, he was a, a child of the depression and very poor. And, you know, everything was paid in cash. Everything was, you know, we can't afford this right now. We're going to, can't afford to do that, can't afford to do that. Those were words that I heard a lot. So I go back and forth fighting with myself to tap into the positive energy of abundance and believe that this is an abundant world for those of us who want to keep our eyes open for how to achieve abundance to my Jekyll Hyde personality to don't be ridiculous. You can't afford it. Count your pennies and you're never going to make any more money. I, I literally have this like split personality about this and it drives me nuts sometimes because <laughs> I don't, never know which day of the week I'm going to wake up. So my self audit should always be, hey, maybe right now it's not the right time, but if I continue to believe in abundance and try and look for opportunities to achieve that and believe that I can achieve it, yes. then that thing will become something yes. I can afford. I think that what you're saying is so simple in so many ways, but so complex because our environment and our world is fighting against us not thinking that. Right, right. Well, the other thing that's fighting against us is our mental programming, right? Because we have multitudes of habits, of beliefs, of fixed ideas. And you had asked earlier, you know, does this stuff happen genetically or environmentally? Well, it's both, most of our beliefs we pick up environmentally, but there's definitely a genetic component too. And there's probably something evolutionary about that mental programming that's designed to keep us safe, to keep us out of danger. And that may have worked for our, you know, cave dwelling ancestors, but it doesn't serve us anymore because it, it's like, it's like you want to grow and you have a foot on the gas but then that negative, habitual, limited thinking and beliefs keep us, keep the brakes on, right? So that's where, and when I was saying I guide my clients through a process, is that we've got to chip away at that low octane, limited thinking, at those limited beliefs that keep us in a lower vibration, so if you have a client or you or me mm -hmm. or someone out there who's listening who feels they're in that low vibrating energy mode and they just don't, they just can't, they, they literally can't because they're just so low. It just all seems kind of like there's no way anything's going to change. What, ta what advice or what steps or what tactical thing can they do today 
to start chipping away? What are the things they can do to chip away at this, to get into that positive energy realm? Yeah, so I think, so it goes back to what I mentioned is the awareness, right? So just starting to pay attention. And you and your audience are probably all familiar with the concept of mindfulness. It's a concept that we've originally learned from Buddhism, but it's the idea that you start to, you know, yourself audit. You start to notice, you start to, to reflect back to yourself. And remember I mentioned there's that part of you, your higher self. We all have a higher self. We are not our mind. We are not our body. We are spirit, right? We are this energy. All of energy. Exactly. And you can start to observe yourself more and more. So meditation, for example, is a great practice to develop or start to develop. And in the beginning, it can be hard because we have so much of that habitual programming and the chatter going on. But it's going to help to develop that that self-reflection and mindfulness to be observing ourselves, to be observing those habitual patterns. And just like I shared with you, when I did this for myself, I realized that my own thinking was making me depressed. (laughs) Right. And so you were doing some self-reflecting. And as you were reflecting, maybe for a day, a week, a month, I don't know, but the light bulb went off and you were like, oh my God, I'm my own worst enemy right now. Exactly. And I need to change that. Yeah. So in closing, Mm -hmm. if you could give any advice, because like one of the things I think that gets in the way for me is I believe in uh, trying to meditate and it's always a kind of hit or miss with me on a daily basis, but And I'm not a really good meditator, but I do use the Calm app and it works for me. And I always feel a lot better after I've done that 10 minutes where I just actually try to quiet my mind and and I'm hearing my breath and all that. But I would like you to give some advice to all of us out in the great wide world who are trying to allocate our energy across the daily tasks, whether it's getting the kids to school, feeding them, or getting uh, ready for a presentation, or making sure we have food in you know, our refrigerator, and long-term projects. And we, we have these things that in, the, in our daily lives that eat up our mind and our energy. So how do we, what would you say to people to do every day? Okay, we need you to do a self-audit. Would that be during the meditation stage? How do we make time for this and make it a priority? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question because, Kimberly, to be honest, the biggest challenge, the biggest, you know, excuse or reason I hear over and over and over again is I don't have have time. Okay. And my, you know, and I used to fall into this too. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, wait a minute, you don't have time for your own life. It doesn't have to be ours. In fact, I teach my clients that it can be 10 or 15 minutes as long as you're doing it consecutively. It's the consecutively, the repetition is what's going to cause the change. And you brought up meditation. You know, the other thing about meditation that's really important, and it's not always easy to get there in the beginning, but why it's so important to stay with it is that as you learn to 
quiet your mind, you actually move yourself into pure consciousness, right? When you are deep in a meditation, you are, your body is kind of asleep. You might not even be aware that you have a body when you're really mm-hmm. deep in meditation, right? And that is when you're the most creative. That is literally when you are working with the infinite intelligence, with the universal intelligence, to plant those ideas of the future that you want out into the energy field, but also into your subconscious mind. Because when you're in a meditation, your subconscious mind is relaxed, it's open, and that's your operating system. That's when you really start to change that mental programming and to create new programming that's going to support you in your future. So you've got the energy component going on when you're literally communicating with the energy field. And two, you're impacting your body because your subconscious mind is wide open. Right. And I think I do some of my best thinking when I'm either like after I've done my my 10 minutes or if I'm running I do a three-mile run walk, and I'm just not, I'm letting my mind wander. I sometimes actually put notes on my phone because things pop into my head that are creative. And they're not about like, oh, I have to do this, that, and the other, go get the dry cleaning. It's more things that I want to do, say, on this platform, you know. That's, if you don't give your brain uh, the ener- the time to replenish itself, then you're not going to have any of those moments of of great creativity, and that and creativity. And I'm getting from this is like, look, creativity, energy, faith, abundance, all of those things come together to make you have a more to flourish in your life in a way that you want. But if you're stuck in this linear Right. Matter driven, analytical, you can only achieve what you can see in black and white. That is going to be like a jail cell. It's not going to allow you to flourish. So I think you're on to something really good here. I think you should write a book about it to say, <laughs> I'll throw that out there just so that will eat up a whole bunch of your time. And then you're going to be like, oh gosh, I got to meditate more. But I do think this is really important because it's fundamental. Fundamental. Yes. All the other stuff that we talk about in this world about, you know, obviously you need to know certain things to to grow your wealth and you should understand your personal finance. Yes, all of these things are important. You can't, you know, be a dope about that. But if intrinsically you are at that low energy level and you can't break out of it, all of those other things will somehow become almost irrelevant in some way because you can't find your joy. Right. So, Stephanie, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to talk about this today because it's a little bit outside the general wheelhouse of what I talk about, but I do think it's fundamental yes. to the infrastructure of our lives, which then allows us to go do all those other things I'm telling people they should be thinking about. If you could leave our audience with one thing they could do today that would jumpstart them into figuring out where their energy is and how to get it to the place that they want it to be, what would that be? Yes. So what I would suggest is to, number one thing you can do is to make a commitment to yourself that you are not just listening to this. Okay. It's it's not just a one-time podcast that you're listening. 
Go back, re-listen again, and then start researching this. There are great teachers out in the world who teach about vibration and energy and make the time. You know, make the time. And obviously, anybody who wants to contact me is, is welcome to contact me. The most important thing goes back to what we said is people are unwilling to make the time. This is your life. Make the commitment. Make the time. Look, I hate to quote the L'Oreal commercial, but you're worth it, okay? So we are all worth this. It, and in this busy world, the old notions of community, neighbors, faith, slower pace in life, those things don't exist anymore. This is like a whirlwind of activity of all kinds of information we often don't need in our brain. So if we don't stop the madness ourselves and care for ourselves, nobody's going to do it. So L'Oreal was on to something. You're worth it. You're worth the 10 minutes a day to reflect on yourself. You're wor- it's 10 minutes. I mean, right? You can, it takes 10 minutes to go to Starbucks and get an overpriced coffee in that time. So I think this is really, really brilliant advice. And I thank you for your time and expertise. I personally am going to research vibration and energy because I am very interested now in this and it's, and I'm kind of into the whole energy thing. So I think, which is why we're doing this today, because I think I want to learn more about this to, to enhance my own situation. Stephanie, where can people reach out to you? So I'm on LinkedIn. I have a Facebook group called Stephanie Success Mindset Series with Stephanie Hessler. And people are welcome to email me also at stephanie at stephaniehesslercoach.com. I would highly recommend the Facebook group too. Awesome experience when I got to do that and all the people involved in that. Stephanie is a bright light in this world. And I'm just so grateful that somehow we crossed paths in the virtual world of LinkedIn really connected and and now we're here and we're going to keep on doing stuff together I hope in in perpetuity <laughs> maybe even in our next energy field thank you guys for listening today I hope you found it really interesting please reach out to Stephanie if you want to go further in the journey on this energy quest and and take those 10 minutes do your audit give yourself some love and this will change your life until next time thank you for joining us Thank you for listening today to the Fiscal Feminist Podcast. Please take a minute to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform. And I would really appreciate if you could also rate and review it. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at The Fiscal Feminist or check out the website FiscalFeminist.com. Ignorance is not bliss. As women, burying our heads in the sand when it comes to our money has dire consequences. But yet, so many of us have employed this detrimental strategy. After over two decades of experience, I've discovered that women face a twofold crisis of competence and confidence regarding how they approach and handle finances. It's time to close that gap. I wrote The Fiscal Feminist, a financial wake-up call for women to teach women how to take charge of their money and control their financial destinies. This book will help you achieve financial literacy, establish the right tools and rules for managing your money and relationships, and to plan for your future.
It's time to gain and maintain financial wellness on your own terms. Head to FiscalFeminist.com to order your copy today.